Sponsored by Brilliant. Apple just released the new iPhone SE. Check out my deep dive review and hit subscribe if you haven't already. It's based on the 4.7 inch iPhone 8 platform, home button, touch ID, all of that. And while that's fine for many people, for others, not so much. See, some really, really, really want a return of the original, iconic, four-inch iPhone SE design, the one that not only fit into every pocket pack in hand, but disappeared into it. Others, a 5.5-inch plus-size model that'll give them the high-end specs, keep the low-end price, but just stretch things out a little closer to tiny tablet territory. So, will we ever see them? Would they even make sense in today's market, with today's components? I'm Rene Ritchie, and this is the iPhone SE Plus and minus. Now, I hate, I hate that thing when a video promises to tell you something new and exciting, but then says you have to understand the history first and derails you for like 10 minutes. Typically, my response to that is some version of not today, Satan. But in this specific case, I think that what happened before is exactly what will happen again. So forgive me for framing it this way, but I think it makes the most sense. When Apple introduced the big iPhone 6 way back in 2014, they introduced the even bigger iPhone 6 Plus along with it. The plus-sized version had everything the regular-sized version had, with a slightly better optically stabilized camera, an interface that included iPad-style two-column layouts in landscape, and a bigger battery to go along with that bigger 5.5-inch screen. See, back then, Apple owned most of the profits from the 4-inch and under premium phone market, which was most of the market back then. Going bigger than 4 inches let Apple start owning most of the profit from the entire premium market, 4 inches and over as well. But it also let Apple better serve people for whom their phone was their primary computer. It wasn't something they had in addition to a Mac or PC, a laptop or desktop, even a tablet. It was their only thing, and they needed their phone to be a tiny tablet and do as much of what a PC could do as possible, especially in emerging markets, where lines like one-handed ease of use would get your privilege eye-rolled so fast, so hard, as people kept working away fully two-handed, eager for even more and bigger. And sure, that bigger size may have made the iPhone less convenient to use as a phone, for calling and texting on the go, but it made it much better to use as a computer. And perhaps it could have been made even more so if Apple had gone even further into the tiny tablet iPad interface idea with things like multi-window apps, picture in picture, hey, a nerd can dream. The new iPhone SE is again based on the iPhone 8, which like the iPhone 6 had a plus version, a better camera, like the iPhone 7 plus, a dual camera with an added quote unquote telephoto lens back then required for portrait mode and lighting, that tiny tablet mode in landscape, and that long, long battery life. So if Apple can scoop out the regular iPhone 8 guts, stuff in an A13 Bionic, and call it the iPhone SE, can't they scoop out the plus-sized iPhone 8 guts, stuff in the same A13, and call it the iPhone SE Plus? Of course. Of course. Of course. 9to5Mac found code for it in leaked internal builds of iOS 14. John Prosser of Front Page Tech has reported that it was planned, but had to be pushed back to next spring due to travel restrictions and shutdowns. Guo Mingqi has just reported pretty much the exact same thing. In a perfect world, if none of all of this had happened, I think an iPhone SE Plus would have been really great for exactly the market and reasons I just went over. It would give people who love that classic home button and touch ID design 
in the plus-sized form factor, a modern version of it to love, and one that would have enough processor headroom to keep getting updates for many years to come. Also, it would give people who want flagship-like specs, but not flagship-like prices, especially in emerging markets, a bigger, more functional as primary computer option, but still at a more affordable price. And that's assuming Apple kept it at the same classic plus-sized and modern max-sized markup of $100, which would also slot in just so perfectly between the 399 US iPhone SE and 599 US iPhone XR, right at 499 for 64 gigabytes and hopefully 549 for 128 gigabytes. If it's delayed by a year, is that a deal breaker? I don't think so. Sure, right now Apple can market the iPhone SE as having the exact same A13 chipset as the current flagship iPhone 11, even iPhone 11 Pro. And next year, they'll presumably be an A14 in the next flagship, iPhone 12 and iPhone 12 Pro, or whatever Apple calls them. But Apple can still market it as the iPhone SE Plus for people who prefer plus-sized iPhones, and it'll still have as much overhead and get as many years of updates as the iPhone SE will for anyone who buys it next year. But let me know what you think in the comments. On the flip side, a bigger iPhone SE is the exact opposite of what other people want. For them, maybe for you, bigger is not better. Smaller is better. The 4-inch iPhone SE was perfect. Why'd they have to change it? Now, of course, the 4-inch iPhone SE was based on the 4-inch iPhone 5 and iPhone 5S, which Apple introduced after the 3.5-inch models before them, to the complaints of, at the time, very, very few. But HTC made Titans, Samsung introduced the Galaxy Note, early LTE modems and the batteries required to keep them fed, even the early OLED displays used to pave over them, all drove other phones to get bigger and bigger, and a large part of the market responded, prompting everything I just spoke about with the iPhone 6 and iPhone 6 Plus. And then, Apple's product development started taking advantage of the bigger chassis and bigger batteries that came with them as well. Like I said in my review, when you move into a bigger apartment, you tend to get bigger beds, bigger fridges, bigger tables, bigger TVs, just more and bigger stuff. And then it becomes hard to move back to a smaller place. Likewise, Apple began designing chipsets that took advantage of the bigger batteries and bigger thermals provided by the bigger iPhones, to the extent that if you tried to put a modern A-series chipset into a smaller chassis with a smaller battery, it would be subject to brownouts, similar to those random shutdowns caused by power spikes on older iPhones that Apple had to fix with performance management a couple of years ago. Could Apple make a new A-series chipset optimized for a new 4-inch iPhone SE? I don't know, call it an iPhone SE minus? Sure, Apple currently has one, if not the best silicon teams in the business, but it would be a new chip requiring a new line. And unless Apple could find other products to use it in, now and in the future, it wouldn't get very much of anything in terms of economy of scale. Apple already uses older A-series chips in bigger devices like Apple TV and Mac, and smaller devices need tighter integration than systems on a chip. They need systems in package like the S-series and Apple Watch. Glasses would likely need something much more like that as well, if not like the W series in the AirPods, which all just translates into new silicon for a new four inch iPhone SE being expensive, which goes against the whole purpose of the iPhone SE line. Could Apple make a modern four inch iPhone then? Something like the iPhone 10 or 11, only the same size as an iPhone 5 or original iPhone SE? with the new edge-to-edge design so that the four-inch display could stretch out closer to 4.7 inches, but still be every bit as small in the hand, pocket, or pack. Also, of course, 
Of course, of course. Apple has hundreds of billions of dollars. They can literally explore and even prototype anything any blogger, podcaster, YouTuber can dream up a billion times over. They probably have CNC mockups of modern iPhones of every practical size, from iPhone 5 to bigger than iPhone Max. That's what Apple did with the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus, every quarter inch or so, and then carried them all around and figured out the two they liked best. So it's not hard to imagine a fully modern, small-sized iPhone or several exist deep in Apple's labs and have since design work began on the iPhone X era. But it would again require all new components to bring to market, and all new flagship components at that. And again, that would mean bringing flagship prices along with it. You would also more than likely bring worse performance, comparatively, because of the much smaller size and smaller battery that comes with it, especially for sustained load and screen on time. There's also the question of just how big the small phone market really is. Novelties like the TCL Palm phone notwithstanding, even small phones these days are pretty big, like the iPhone SE, Galaxy 10e, and Pixel non-XL. So what about something in the middle, not quite as small as an iPhone 5, but also not as big as the 6.1 inch iPhone XR or 11, or even the current 5.8 inch iPhone 10 or 11 Pro. I sense so many of you already typing away so furiously in the comments, but yeah, that's pretty much exactly what rumors for the iPhone 12 have suggested, a new, smaller 5.4 inch model as well. Sure, that's not as tiny as a presumably 4.7 inch full screen display stretched across the iPhone 5 size body, but it's also not as big as the current 5.8 inch full screen display stretched across the iPhone 8 sized body introduced with the iPhone 10. But maybe, just maybe, it's the most practical, most pragmatic version possible. 5.2 inches would be dead middle. I mean, all design is compromised, but 5.4 inches isn't that far out, especially if it could maintain Apple A14 performance and iPhone 11 Pro battery life. I'll recap just a hot second, but first I gotta check the math with Brilliant. They've got this new complete math course library where you can learn or brush up on fundamentals, probability, algebra, calculus, trigonometry, differential equations, geometry, pretty much all the maths. And it's just such a terrific way for us to improve our knowledge and potential while so many of us are stuck at home. And that's true whether you're a student looking to get ahead while school's out, a professional who wants to brush up on cutting edge topics, or just someone who wants to learn cool new stuff. You start by having fun with their interactive puzzles, but over time, what you accomplish is just amazing, especially right now where we could all just use a little more amazing. To learn more, literally learn so much more, go to brilliant.org slash Renee Ritchie and sign up for free. Be one of the first 200 people, and you can also level up with 20% off the annual premium subscription. Thanks, Brilliant, and thanks to all of you for your support. So, yeah, new bigger iPhone SE Plus, probably next spring. Everything we love about the home button and touch ID classic plus size with dual cameras, better battery life, and tiny tablet landscape starting at $499. And a new, smaller iPhone 12, probably late fall, with everything we love about the current iPhone 11, dual cameras, tremendous battery life, and modern edge-to-edge gesture-based face ID design starting at $599 maybe? At least that's what I think. Now, I'd love to hear from you. Hit like, Hit subscribe if you haven't already, ring that bell gizmo so YouTube will actually tell you when new episodes go live, then hit up the comments and let me know. iPhone SE Plus, iPhone 12 minus, what's the next best iPhone for you?